Thank you, guys. Good morning. How are we doing today? All right, hey, we've got some people standing in the back. So if you have some seats open next to you, can you lift up how many seats you got? There we go. Get them taken care of real quick. Awesome. You guys can make your way, find a seat. We are so glad you guys are here. My name's Chase Courtney. I'm the high school pastor here, and it is always an honor to be able to speak here on a Sunday morning. Are we alive today? Are we good? Are we ready to go? Awesome. Very cool. Come on, we got a few more people waiting to be seated. Hey, real quick, as, as they're being seated, I'm gonna take this opportunity real quick to plug something, all right, a shameless plug for our summer camps that are happening, obviously in the summer. We've got Camp Eagle for our younger kids. I think it's third through fifth or fourth through fifth grade. Um, and then middle school and high school go to a sin camp in Colorado. It's crazy, rowdy bunch. But here's the deal. Mark this on your calendar, January 27th. So I believe it's three weeks from today. Um, we're doing a flash sale for all camps, all right? For kids camp and for middle school and high school camp. Flash sale three weeks from today, January 27th. So parents, if you wanna get the cheapest deal, that's your day to sign up. It's a 24-hour flash sale only. And then from there, it'll go up. So take that, sign your kids up. I promise you won't regret it and you get away, you get a week away from your kids. So there you go, it's good, it's all good. Hey, welcome to 2019. You guys know with every year, you feel like this rejuvenation, right? Even though it's just another day on the calendar, like when you really look at it, you're just going from one day to the next. It's really no difference. But there's something about when you just flip that calendar and you realize it's January 1st, you realize it's a new year, you get that, that energy of like, man, Things can change this year. Some things can be different this year. And so maybe you begin setting new goals or new resolutions. How many of you have already set some goals or set some resolutions? Okay, how many of you don't ever do that because you know you just break them, right? And you just make yourself feel defeated, right? So you're just like, I'm gonna set no goals for life. And so when I do one thing, then I've achieved everything, right? That's the way to go. Lower your expectations so you can meet them every single time. So I'm talking about... But here's, here's another thing I've been thinking about, and this, this message has actually been on my heart for a couple months, just talking about promises, old promises that we feel like God's given us throughout our life. Um, maybe old promises that aren't, um, that haven't come to fruition yet. And so 2019, I'm just believing from my life that old promises that the Lord has given me, that they're coming to pass this year, right? They're happening this year no matter what. I'm pursuing Jesus. I'm gonna give him my heart. I'm gonna give him all of my passion. I'm believing that there are some dead things in my life, some things that haven't happened yet. They're gonna come to pass this year, right? And I'm believing for you as well. Maybe there's some promises that God has given you that this year you're gonna see happen, right? You're gonna see some marriages restored, right? Maybe you've just been living with your spouse, but there's been no real love relationship there. I'm believing restoration starts today. I'm believing that the promise of God for life over you starts today. Are you with me? It starts today. So today I wanna talk about the process of a promise. So let's pray before we do anything else. God, we thank you, we love you, you are so good. God, thank you that you are madly in love with us, as that song said, God, that you pursue us, that you're passionate for us, no matter how far away we are from you, no matter how close we are, God, you love us the same. 
you're madly in love with us. And God, I pray today that your word would come forth. God, I pray that you would touch our hearts, God, that we would be transformed, that we would experience your presence in a new way, God, that we would walk out of this place changed more into the likeness of you. God, and I'm praying for every promise that has been spoken over these people, God, for every promise over families today, God, every promise over individuals today. Lord, I pray that the year 2019, God, that promises would be fulfilled, that your presence would move in lives this year. Father, we love you and we thank you. Everyone said, amen. How many of you know that we are a people that do not like waiting? We are a people that do not like being patient, right? Do we have any very patient people in this place? I just, man, I don't, maybe I don't, maybe the light is too bright, but I can't see any hands, right? Like, we are not very patient people. We want our food quickly. Like, when we're driving in the left lane on the highway, we expect to go faster than everyone else, but there's always the slow car in the left lane, even though they know they should get over, right? We are impatient people, um, I said this last service, and I said I wouldn't say it this service, but I'm gonna say it again. Sometimes men are very impatient when their wives are getting ready, right? Like there's, there's no, yeah, it's like silent here. No guy's gonna cheer for that. No girl's gonna do anything except give me bad looks. You see, we are a very impatient people that are longing to get to the next thing really quickly because we're always moving, we're always going. Uh, the truth is, if I were to stand here awkwardly for 10 seconds and not say anything, you guys would freak out because that's too awkward. Like, move on to your next thing, keep talking, because if you just stand there, like, I feel like that's just weird, right? Like, because we don't enjoy waiting. We don't enjoy the process of waiting on something, especially a promise, a promise. We don't enjoy waiting for a promise. How many of you have ever been promised something? You've ever waited on something and man, it just got to a point where you were frustrated, you were mad. Come on, how many of you have ever waited on something and you got really impatient because it was frustrating, right? Now, I remember when I was five years old, I had a Christmas list for Santa and on my Christmas list was a beanbag. How many of you love beanbags? Anybody, right? Thank you to, the McCoy, uh, to, to McCoy and uh, Hudson Bruce for uh, letting me use their, their beanbags today. Um, but when I was five years old, I had a, a list for Santa that I wanted a beanbag. Now that was back in the 90s, man. Beanbags were huge, like it was a big deal. And I was longing for this beanbag. Now, nowadays, beanbags are like, you can get like beanbag, like sofas, beanbag beds with cup holders and like iPhone chargers and, it comes with a PlayStation 4 and, you know, I mean, it's just crazy stuff that you can get now. Like beanbags back in the day were just like this. It was just a bag full of beans, right? And you just sit there and you enjoy yourself. Now, I love beanbags, but when I was five years old, I really longed for this thing and I gave my list to Santa. I remember going to see Santa, giving my list. Well, Christmas morning comes, I open all my gifts, no beanbag. But I did have a note from Santa that said, I'm so sorry, Chase, but on the way to your house, your beanbag fell out of my sleigh. <laughs> Obviously realized later on in life when I was like 15 that I was just, it was, you know, Santa's not, well, I'm not gonna say anything. <clears throat> I realized that my mom and dad probably just forgot to get the beanbag to the last minute and then they were sold out, right? And so on the note, it said, if you'll be patient, 
I'll get your beanbag. I'll find that beanbag that fell out of my sleigh and I'll get it to you, right? Now, how many of you know that a five-year-old doesn't really have the capacity to be patient? Does anybody have a five-year-old that's just super patient and just awesome? Like, I mean, I know they're awesome, but they're usually not very patient, right? And so for a five-year-old who was longing for the beanbag, that was the greatest gift. That was the one gift I really wanted. Of course it fell out of Santa's sleigh. Of course, right? Like, it couldn't have done anything else, but it fell out of Santa's sleigh. I had to be patient. I had to wait. We hate to wait. And so often this mindset comes into our spiritual life and the promises that God has over, the, has over us. And I want to say this to, very, like, to begin. God has promises over you. Whether you know it or not, God has many promises over you. If you don't know what those are, you need to get in the Bible. You need to read his word because he speaks life over you, right? Are y'all with me? John 10, 10 says that Jesus came to give us life, life abundantly, life to the fullest. That's a promise for you and I. He promises life for us and he wants us to live that life. This morning, I want to talk about two people in the New Testament that are briefly mentioned. They don't have a whole chapter named after them. They don't, they don't have a whole book named after them. They didn't conquer armies. They weren't kings and queens. They were in the in this scheme of things, they seem very insignificant. But there's a big thing that happens through them and it shows the promises of God being fulfilled. And these are two people by the name of Simeon and Anna. Simeon and Anna are people that are in the temple and they're waiting on the Messiah. God's given them a promise that they would see the Messiah. Luke 2, starting in verse 25, it says this. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So you see right here, Simeon gets a promise from God that he will not die until he sees Jesus, the Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let, you, let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Going to verse 36, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when she had only been married for only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and with prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly. Everyone say expectingly. To everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. You see, we have two people here, Simeon and Anna. Two people, once again, that I said that don't seem very significant, but they had a huge role to play because they show us that God gives promises and guess what? God fulfills promises. The promises of God do not come back void. The promises of God never fail. The promises of God over your life are real and they will happen. Don't grow weary. You see, Simeon and Anna, can you imagine the days? 
Can you imagine the weeks, maybe even the months, the years, the decades where Simeon and Anna are just chilling on their beanbags in the temple, right? They're sitting on, the, on their beanbags in the temple and they're praising God, they're worshiping. And every single time the door opens, can you imagine, they must be thinking, oh, could that be the Messiah? Could, could that be the one, right? Every time they hear a baby cry, is that the Messiah? Is that the one? Can you imagine the anticipation as they're praising God, they're sitting there and they're worshiping and they're reading the word and they're giving praise and honor to God and every single time a family comes in, they think, God, could this be the day? How many of you have ever rooted for a bad sports team? A team that just really stinks every single year, but on opening day, it's a new year, right? Every single time, like it's opening day in baseball, like back in the day, back in like 2011 to 2015, that was me with my Astros, right? Like, oh, it's opening day. This is gonna be the year that we don't lose 100 games, right? Never mind. This is another year we lose 100 games. Like, that was me back in the day. You just think it's a new season, it's a new year, right? Opening day, we don't have a losing record right now. We're zero and zero. Many times, you, you could think that Simeon and Anna were kind of like that. They're like, is this the year? Is this the day? Is this the year that the Messiah actually shows up? This, this promise that we've been given by God, is this gonna happen finally? Is this gonna happen? What a, what a waiting period for Anna. For 84 years, she waited. For Simeon, his entire life, a promise that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. You see, I feel like we all have been given promises by God. Maybe it's a promise of a relationship. Maybe you're single out there and God's promised you, I'm going to find you a spouse. That's a good thing, right? Maybe you're married out there and you've been trying to have kids for years and God has promised you, you're gonna have kids. I'm going to give you a family. That's a big deal. Maybe there's a career path or a job that you've always desired and God's put it on your heart. There's a dream inside of you. Maybe there's a ministry that God's put on the inside of you and it hasn't happened yet, but it's a promise of him, right? Maybe there's restoration to a relationship. Like I said before, I believe that marriages that are broken right now, I believe God can heal. And I believe that's the promise of God to heal that relationship because he wants life. Maybe there's a, a sickness or an illness that, that needs healing. It's the promise of God to heal and to bring life. And I wanna encourage you with that tonight, no matter, or this morning, no matter where you are, no matter what you're dealing with, there is promises of God on the inside of you waiting to be found, waiting to be experienced. Maybe it's freedom from an addiction. He's here today. His presence is here today. You see, Simeon and Anna were able to attain the promise of God that he had given them. They were able to, to be sustained in their waiting for a few reasons. And I want to challenge you with these things. First of all, they had vision. Everyone say vision. They had vision. We have to have vision of the promise that God gives us so we can actually recognize it when it walks in, right? If you can't recognize what God's put on the inside of you, how are you gonna ever see it? How are you gonna ever grab a hold of it? Do you have a vision of what God's given you in life and what he's calling you to? 
for you and, and your homes? Parents, do you have a vision of what, what you want to see and what God wants to see your children raised up in to be the people that God's called them to be? Have vision. Number two, be patient. They were patient. How many of you know that God's timing is definitely not our timing? Anybody know that? You may, anybody experience that, right? It doesn't mean that God's timing is wrong. It actually means that God is the creator of all things, including time, which means he doesn't live in our limitations of time. Does that make sense to you? Like, if God created everything, including time, that means that he doesn't have to operate within our boundary of it, right? He lives outside of that. He is big, right? He knows what he's doing. Be patient. He's taking care of it. He knows you better than you know yourself, and he knows what's good for you. Number three, be spirit-led. I love this. It says that Simeon was called by the Spirit to go to the temple that day. Can you imagine waiting your entire life for the Messiah, and then the one day that the Messiah actually shows up, you just pack it in and watch Netflix, right? You're like, I'm staying home today, definitely not going to the temple, right? I am not going today, God, I am tired. I have been there every single day for the last four decades. I am tired. I'm staying home today, right? Can you imagine Simeon waiting his entire life or Anna waiting her entire life and missing the one day that the Messiah shows up, right? That would be a devastating picture, right? That would be a terrible day to wait that long for a promise and then not see it because... I'm just tired. Be spirit-led. The spirit will lead you guys. Are you willing to obey? Are you willing to go, right? The spirit leads. And let's be real, this cycle of waiting has happened all throughout history and it will always happen, it's always happened. People will always have to wait. We will always have to find patience, right? Because things don't come as quick as we want all the time. You see, when you read about the Israelites and their journey to the promised land, for 400 years, the Israelites, millions of Israelites were slaves to Egypt, to the nation of Egypt. Now they weren't just like living and living off the land and enjoying their time, they were slaves. They were beaten, they were put into hard labor every single day. For 400 years, they were bound to that until a man named Moses, God raises up Moses to deliver his people out of slavery. We know the story into the promised land of Israel, right? But here's the deal, that 11, it was supposed to be an 11 day journey from Egypt to Israel for these millions of people. It turned into 40 years. That's quite a journey, right? That's quite a process. An 11 day journey turns into 40 years. And I wanna say this, that many times our actions in the process of getting to our promised land actually slows it down. That our actions actually slow down the promises of God in our life, right? Because here's the deal. When you look at the journey for 40 years, the journey was marked by unfaithfulness, being, being unfaithful. The journey was marked by grumbling and complaining. The journey was marked by cursing the process that they were in. At one point, they literally look at Moses and say, we don't wanna be here. I don't even care about the promised land. I wanna go back to Egypt and be a slave. I want you to get a picture of that, that millions 
of people that are brought out of slavery and they're on their way. They're in the process of getting to a land of freedom, a land of promise. They are so fed up with the journey and with the process that they said, I don't even care about the promise anymore. I just wanna be a slave again. What a horrible picture. But sometimes we are in the same boat. There is a promise of life for you. There is a promise of freedom for you, but the journey and the process gets so hard that you're like, ah, I just give up. I'll just go back to the way it was. I'll just go back to the way it was. You see, the Israelites cursed the land of process, and in return, they didn't get to see the land of promise. If you want to experience and enjoy the promised land, don't curse the land of process. Because there is a process, there is a journey in your life. There's a journey in my life right now that I'm having to go through. And if I continually curse it, I'm telling you the promise is gonna come slower and slower. But if I embrace the journey that I'm on, if I embrace the process, I'm telling you, God is going to reward that and he's gonna do some things in me that I can never do in myself, right? Come on, are you with me this morning? Come on, we're all on a journey, we're all in a process and we cannot curse the land that we're in because I promise you there is a promised land that's straight ahead of you. It's only an 11 day journey, don't make it 40 years. It's right there, it's right there in front of you. Don't make it longer than it has to be. We curse the very process that's trying to prepare us to be able to sustain the promise. We want the easy road. We like to compare our process to other people's process and we think, man, they had it easy, right? We look at everyone else's journey and we say, they had it easy. But how, how many of you know that no one actually has it easy, right? I don't care if you were, you were born into wealth and you had everything that you ever wanted, everyone has a road to take and it always gets hard at some point, right? So don't compare your life to someone else. Don't compare the promises of God to someone else. For I'm guilty of this. I have looked so many times at other people's lives and, and seen their families and said, oh man, Lord, I wish I was there. But God has me on a journey, an individual journey, a journey with my wife. God has us in a place that he wants us because he's doing something in us that we can't do in us on our own. Enjoy the process. Now, I'm not naive. I know the process is hard. I know it's hurtful sometimes. I, I know it's stretching. Some of you are fighting disease and, and cancer. Some of you are fighting cancer in this room right now, and I believe in the name of Jesus that you can be healed. I believe because of his stripes, because of him being beaten, because of his sacrifice that you can have wholeness of life in your body, and we're gonna believe for that this year, right? We're not gonna just believe for the small things, we're gonna believe for the supernatural things because he is a supernatural God and we are in connection and relationship with him. I am believing for marriages to be healed. I'm believing for sons and daughters that may have strayed from God, that you pray for all the time. I'm believing this is the year that they come back to their creator. I'm believing this is the year where dysfunctional relationships can function again. I'm believing that there will be jobs and career paths that open up. I believe that their doors will be opened up to people. 
Come on, there are promises of God for life. Can you see it? Can you take hold of it? Can you grasp it? Some of you are, have depression in your life right now and I'm believing for renewed joy this year. I'm believing for joy and for peace to come over your home and to come over your mind. He's a good God who's madly in love with you and he didn't call you to live in depression. He called you to live in life, live in joy. I'm gonna get real personal real quick and be transparent. For the last eight years, my wife and I have been on a very long process, a long journey of, of wanting to start a family. And for some reason, whatever reason it is, it hasn't happened. Both healthy, great, but it hasn't happened. You know what? There have been many times where I've cursed that process. There have been many times where I've looked at that process and said, this is too hard, Lord. I, I don't want any of it. There have been many tears and many just frustrating moments. But last year, Ashley and I decided we're not gonna let this defeat us any longer. We're gonna move forward. We've always had a heart for adoption. Before we even started dating, we were gonna adopt anyways. And so when we started dating and, and started Talking about marriage, it was very clear from the very beginning, whether we have biological kids or not, you better believe we're gonna adopt at some point, right? So if you don't want that, maybe we're not ready for each other, right? Like, but we both had a heart for that. And so two months ago, we announced that we are adopting. And so we're so excited for that. It's been a long journey. <laughs> it's been a long journey of heartache and pain. And here's the deal. I am so thankful for that journey. I am so thankful for that road, as hard as it's been, frustrating as it's been. It isn't the many times that I've looked at all my friends that have like two or three babies and they're just like popping out all the time. I'm like, what the heck is going on? What water are you guys drinking? Like, you know, every place we go, don't drink the water here. Like, I'm like, all right, come on, Lord, let's go. Whatever happens, happens, right? And if I had a kid for every person, and I, please hear my heart when I say this, all right? If I had a kid for every person that said, you know, once you adopt, you're gonna get pregnant, we would have a whole orphanage. I mean, we would have an entire school and it would be awesome. And you can continue saying that because it's encouraging, it's fine. For me, I'm like, Lord, we are in the process. We are, I, I want whatever you want, whatever the promise looks like. We'll adopt triplets and then get pregnant with triplets. I don't even care. Come on, Lord. Oh, Lord. Here's the good thing is we've got a youth ministry full of babysitters, so that's good. That's good. Hey, speaking of babysitting for youth ministry, did I mention that camp's coming this summer and our students are gonna be raising money? So if you need babysitters, if you need housework done, lawn work, if you need anything, come and talk to me. We'll get you hooked up with some students, all right? Trying to raise some money. But the process is hard, but I'm thankful for the process. You see, the process always builds dependence on God. The process always builds dependence on God. How many of you know that we live in a society that looks at dependency and says that's weak? You better own your own stuff. You better make your own money. And I, you need to do that. Yes, that's a good thing. You need to move out of your parents' house. You need to get a house of your own. You need to do those things, right? But being dependent doesn't mean you're weak. You see, in the kingdom of God where it's upside down, dependency is actually necessary, 
If you can't be dependent on a God that brings everything and is the source of all life, then you won't make it, right? And so our independent thinking doesn't work in the kingdom of God. We have to find dependency on him. The process also always builds character in us. It builds character in us. I've kind of hit on that a little bit already, but uh, if you read the book of Leviticus, which is definitely the most interesting book in the Bible, right? If you've ever read it, it's confusing sometimes and you're like, what the heck is happening right here? But the whole book of Leviticus is simply trying to get the people of Israel ready for the promised land. It's trying to build character and holiness within them so that when they actually reach the promise that God gave them, they can sustain it, right? Many times, maybe God is not giving you the promise because the character inside of you is not built up yet enough where you can actually sustain what he's given you right? He wants you not to just see the promised land. He wants you to live in that and to sustain that. There is a freedom over your life that he wants you to live in, not just get a peek of, right? He wants you to live in that place. The two major waiting periods in my life have, have been the first thing that I just told you about, but also when I was a teenager from about 14 years old until about, about 29 years old, so about 15, 16 years of my dad be, being an alcoholic and a drug addict and in and out of jail and, and struggling with addiction and, and choosing those things over family, right? Those are things that I had to deal with, but I, every single day I was praying, God, I speak the promises of life over him. God, I speak the promises of life into him, that those addictions would be broken, that there would be freedom. It didn't always pan out the way that I wanted it to, but it was a, it was a period in my life that as hard as it was, and it was painful as a teenager, it was shameful. There was something that God did inside of my heart during that time that has made me the person I am today. And without those trials and without that sorrow, I would absolutely not be here. I would not be the man that God had created me to be. I had to grow up really quick. I didn't grow tall, but I had to grow up, right? I had to find who I was. I had to find my identity so I could be strong. I'm telling you, the waiting period hurts. And it's sorrowful and it makes you weary, but it builds character inside of you. I do wanna say this. I, I didn't make mention of this a second ago. Um, a family in our church, uh, Dylan and Jordan Boss, who are over there right now, they are also have been in the process of adopting and they got their baby boy this week and he is over there right now. And he is good looking, Samson. I failed to mention that, but I'm telling you, I am so thankful for them. For They've been awesome for Ashley and I as we're going through this process as well. But that's a promise fulfilled, right? Yeah, funds coming in, everything. It's a promise fulfilled. So I just say this to you today, enjoy the waiting um, because here's the deal. For every destination, for every promise, there is a journey attached to it, right? You don't just wake up one day and you're at your destination, you're at your promise. There is a journey attached to every destination. Every time you go on vacation and you just wish that you were at the destination, right? You just wish you were at the beach. Guess what? You've got a journey. Sometimes you can fly and it's quick. Sometimes it's a road trip and it's horrible, right? 
everything goes wrong, but there is a journey attached to every promise that you have. Embrace the journey because God is doing new things in you. And here's the cool thing. Looking back at the journey makes the destination and the promise that much sweeter. I can tell you this, here in about a month, hopefully a month, maybe two months, when I hold a baby in my arms or babies in my arms, I'm gonna be more thankful. It's gonna be such a, a sweeter moment because of the journey that I've gone through. You better believe that I'm going to thank God relentlessly. You better believe that I'm gonna kiss that baby relentlessly because there has been a long road and journey in my life that has made me more thankful, more grateful for where I am at. Are you thankful for the journey? Are you thankful the, for the process that may be really difficult, that may be really draining? Are you thankful for that? The process is needed to get to the journey or to get to the destination. And I feel strongly that I need to say this this morning. Delays are not denials. If your promise is delayed, it doesn't mean you've been denied. Someone needs to hear that today. Maybe it's been decades of you waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. Just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's denied, okay? God loves you and he has the best for you. And he wants to give you a full life. And every promise that doesn't ultimately point to Jesus, well, that may not be a promise of God anyways. If a promise that you have or something that you're seeking, something that you're pursuing relentlessly, if it doesn't point to Jesus ultimately, it may not be worth your time. And so I challenge us to, to look at our heart, to look at our lives and say, what are the things that we're pursuing? Do they point to Jesus? Because every good promise from God points back to his son and his love for us and his heart to give us life. Luke 1.45 says this, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And give you some context, this is Elizabeth speaking to Mary and saying this to her. Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist in her womb and, and Mary is obviously carrying Jesus and they're meeting together as cousins. And Elizabeth says this, you are blessed, Mary, because you believed what the Lord would say, said he would do. You believed him. And because of that, you are a blessed woman. And I say this to you as well. You are blessed in this room if you believe that God will say, that he will do what he says he will do. Come on, don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. There are promises of God on the inside of you, over you. There are promises of God over your family. Come on, your family may be struggling with some addictions. Maybe it's a generational thing. I'm telling you, that can be broken in the name of Jesus because Jesus is in the room. That's a promise of freedom. He gives good gifts to his children. And as we wrap up today, I wanna make sure you know two promises that you can always count on. You can take these to the bank. They're always available. 
And it's the promise of salvation and the promise of Jesus coming back. Basically, it's saying that Messiah has come and Messiah will come again. Come on, I want you to hear this. Messiah has come and he will come again. And because he has come, he offers you eternal life. He offers you salvation. He he offers you a rescue from your sin nature. That you don't have to live for yourself any longer. You can live for the kingdom. You can be a part of his children, his family. And maybe there's someone in here today that you need to hear that. Maybe you're far from him. Maybe you've never given your heart to him. You've never asked him, God, would you be the Lord of my life? The Messiah has come. Simeon and Anna got to see it with their very eyes. Guess what? We are seeing it with our very eyes as well. His presence is here to save. And you are not too far gone. That's a promise for you of salvation. And that second promise that the Messiah will return again, Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Come on, are we the church? Are we the bride of Christ that he's coming to get? Are you gonna have faith when he returns? Do you have faith? Are you believing for the promises of God? Come on, let's not live a life that is that is null and void and dry of the promises. Let's live an exciting life full of joy, full of peace, full of hope and love, knowing that the source of all those things, man, we are in relationship with that God. That's what we get access to, his love and everything he brings. You see, with the promise of Jesus comes the promise of who Jesus is and what he brings, and that is peace, love, joy, hope, freedom, a future. They're all right there in the person of Jesus. Have you accepted that promise? Are you living that promise out? Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. Some count slowness, but he is actually patient with you. Right before that in verse eight, it actually says, that a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. Going back to the idea that God's timing is not even close to our timing, right? You see, some would say that God is slow, but God is saying, maybe I'm just patient with you because I'm wanting you to really grasp all that I have for you. You're not, maybe you're not ready for the promise. Maybe I'm still building character in you. Maybe I'm still building dependency in you. There's some promises of God in this room that you haven't taken hold of. And I believe that today, I believe this year, 2019, God can do a new thing in you. God can restore all that is lost. Come on, can you stand with me? I want you to close your eyes all around this room. As our prayer team comes forward, I just want to ask two questions. Maybe you're in this room and when we talk about this promise of salvation, you realize that you haven't accepted that, that you haven't walked in that, that life of salvation. You haven't given yourself over to him that he would be Lord of your life. 
and that today you feel that tugging at your heart, I want you, with no one looking around, I just want you to lift your hand up in the air so I can pray for you. Come on, if that's you and you know that you have not received this place of salvation, this, this great promise that you'll be eternally with him, connected to the Father, thank you. Thank you. Come on, the second question is this. Today you realize that there are promises that you've let go of. There are promises that you've grown weary with. There are promises that have hurt you and made you weak and made you frustrated and impatient. And today, 2019, you want a renewed joy, a renewed strength, a renewed courage to seek after those promises of God. Can you just lift both hands in the air if that's you? And we're gonna pray. Come on, if, you, if there are promises over your life that you feel like God has given you that maybe you haven't taken hold of yet, come on, this could be the year. Come on, this could be the year. As Simeon and Anna said, this could be the day. So God, we thank you. God, I thank you for every hand that was raised for the promise of salvation. Lord, I pray right now as they stand there, Lord, I pray that they would ask you, God, would you be the Lord of their life? God, would you give us the greatest gift, the greatest promise of salvation, God, that we would be connected to you for eternity, connected to the loving Father. And for every person that has their hands raised right now, God, that a promise has grown weary, God, that a promise has faded and their strength has faded. Lord, I pray for renewed strength right now. I pray for renewed courage, renewed joy and peace right now, God. Father, would you give them the boldness to run after their promises? God, would you allow them to dream again? Lord, for every hand raised, God, would they dream a big dream again? And Lord, we ultimately hope and we pray for promises fulfilled this year, for marriages restored, for children restored back to families, God. For, for the couple that, that hasn't had kids but long for it, God, would you bring children? For the person that has, has been bound in addiction, God, would you bring freedom this year? Would you bring freedom today? Holy Spirit, we love you. Help us to be led by you in everything we do. give your name glory. We will give you honor. Jesus, you are the center of all we do. And we love you and we thank you for being in this place. God, I pray that we would leave here changed, our heart and our mind changed by your spirit. We love you. Never once said, amen, amen. Hey, as you guys are about to leave, I wanna encourage you, if you need prayer for anything, we've got prayer. We've got people up here ready to pray with you, ready to, to go to battle with you on your behalf. No matter what situation you're facing, we challenge you, we encourage you. Come find someone, pray with someone before you leave, right? That's what they're here for. We wanna, we wanna fight with you, right? We love you guys. Go out there, have an incredible week. Seek the promises of God and the source of those promises, God himself, all right? We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.